1995, I was in a psychiatric institution with major anxiety disorder, panic disorder, PTSD, and depression. So welcome to the conference. I'm so happy you're here. And so I don't mean to be flip, I really don't, but it's my story and I'm not ashamed, I'm not embarrassed. It's why I'm here with you today. I am Tammy West and that is my story. Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged, a place to find comfort and support as you navigate your mental and emotional well-being. So sit back and relax unless you're driving and get ready for this week's hug. Welcome back, hug seekers, huggers, huggies. I never settled on anything and I realized I didn't even ask you. I asked you for an opinion on my logos, but I didn't ask you for an opinion on what I should call you. Well, anyway, welcome back, friends. This is our final episode of this whole series on emotional well-being or emotional maturity. So I hope it's been helpful to you. It's It's been super helpful to me. I think I said last time being with you is kind of like, you know, therapy for myself. Isn't that what people say about therapists that they started in order to help themselves. I wanted to thank those of you who did comment on my logo. I think I posted, like I had them coming in from different places. There were some AI things. Um, I did some things on my own. I had a couple of graphics people. And the final one that I landed on, she did such a great job. And I hope that you like it. I mean, no one's ever going to agree 100%, but it incorporates my new blue and yellow, yellow colors not exactly the same as the book, but still, I loved the, just the piece of it. I loved, I just loved everything about it. So I've chosen the new logo and I hope that you liked the new opening as well. This doesn't mean that Michelle and Gracie won't be with me because they will from time to time. It'll just be, you know, on a guest hosting, whenever they feel passionate and compelled to visit with me, then they will let me know. Okay. Now onward. I want to say here at the beginning, I am going to play four clips from Big Bang Theory. So today, you know, we're delving into the last four of our emotional maturity. So if you're watching, it's not a big deal. But if you're listening, you will. I will set the stage. You will still be able to hear. I just, I love the show so much. It's just such a fun part of my life. We've probably watched every episode 20 or 30 times. It's it's funny. I just started noticing Big Bang Theory post coming across my Facebook feed and it'll have a, like a, a still shot, a screenshot and say what's happening in this scene. And I don't think I've missed one yet. So anyway, I don't know if that makes me weird or whatever, but I love it. And I think it's a, there are so many scenes probably for any show, but for me, for this one that help us show uh, examples of emotional maturity, or in this case, I picked four that maybe don't show the hallmarks of emotional maturity. And so you are going to talk with me as we pretend like we're together. So this this is our final week. Week one, we set the stage for our journey about the importance of developing these emotional maturity skills and how like I have just yearned for them so much because of my past. Like I probably want this more than anything when it comes to, you know, personal and interpersonal things because I just lived in this awful place where I was angry all the time. I was 
anxious all the time. I was scared all the time. And I want the opposite of that. So like I've done before, let me read the 10 that we identified as hallmarks, remembering that these are just gauges. You know, emotional maturity doesn't have um, a level like cholesterol. You know, I bring that up because as I've probably mentioned, my cholesterol is going up as I approach 60. Anyway, that's another story. Here are the 10. Number one, self-awareness. Two, self-regulation. Three, empathy. Four, responsibility. Five, adaptability. Six, resilience. And then today, seven, effective communication. Eight, conflict resolution. Nine, realistic optimism. And 10, healthy relationships. So for the first week, we drove into the first three. And I also have tip sheets in the show notes. So the link for episode one, for week one, sorry, week one was the overview. The link for that is in the show notes. And that's where there is an assessment. Just kind of give a little bit of thought as to where you are. Week two, we did the first three. Week three, we did the second three. Both of those links are down at the bottom in the show notes. And also the links to the tip sheets will be in each week. I hope that made sense. Anyway, I also hope that you've noticed that basically what we've done is we've worked from the inside out. Like the first one was self-awareness. So that means me, right? Like us. And then the last one we're talking about today is healthy relationships. So it was like for the first part, it was us, us, us. And then we transitioned into us, them, us, them, them, you know, focusing on, on all of those things. So here we go. I'm going to do the same way that we've done before. Uh, again, I'm just going to pick the first first week I did all 10 and it was just, it was too much for you. It was too much for me. Then the last, second week, <laughs> I picked like three tips for each one because there are 10 tips for each of the four we're doing today, but I'm not going to talk about them all, but you will find them in the, in the show notes. I think going forward, I'm going to take a few of these that I know we need to delve deeper into, and I'm just going to do a few episodes of follow-up on those. So we'll see what those happen to be. So before, like I've done before, I'm going to give you the hallmark, read a description as to what it is, and then this time I'm going to show you the video, and then I'm going to talk about two or three out of the 10 tips. So here we go. Number seven, which is our first one today, effective communication. You may not think of that as being an emotional maturity thing, but let me read this to you and it will help you see why it is. Effective communication is the ability to convey messages in a clear, concise, and articulate manner, ensuring the intended message is understood at plan, as planned and involves not only spoken or written words, but also nonverbal body cues like body language, facial expressions, and tone of voice. Effective communicators are skilled listeners who pay close attention to others' input. They ask clarifying questions and provide thoughtful responses. And you'll notice when you read the show notes that I bolded and italicized skilled because it's something that we learn. It's not something that we're all born with. It's foundational in all aspects of life, facilitating better relationships, reducing misunderstandings, improving solving problems and decision-making. It fosters an environment of trust and respect 
making it easier to navigate complex social and professional landscapes. Do you see why now I said that it's a hallmark for emotional maturity? Because we're fostering this environment where we trust people and they trust us. It helps us to deal with misunderstandings. If we can communicate well, oh my goodness, we we just, the world is at our fingertips. The world is our oyster, right? I guess. So let me set the stage for you. This first clip is going to be audio only. If you're not familiar with Big Bang Theory, you're going to hear two characters, Sheldon and Amy. Sheldon is our brilliant scientist, like genius level IQ, but he struggles a lot with social interactions, you know, understanding the emotions of others. He has just been sick and apparently he treated his friends horribly. And you are going to hear Amy. So they're talking virtually over the computer, his girlfriend, Amy, you're going to hear her encouraging him to apologize. Here we go. Hi, Sheldon. What's new? Our friends are jerks and I'm mad at all of them. I said what's new, but sure. <laughs> Can you believe they planned a trip to Las Vegas and didn't invite me? Did you refuse to apologize and act like they were stupid for being mad? You know, I liked it better when there was still a little mystery left in our relationship. <laughs> Everyone tried to take care of you, and you were nothing but mean to them. I can't believe you're not on my side. You know, I was on your side when someone stole your car radio. Who else's side could you have been on? I don't know. A music-loving hobo with a heart of gold. Sheldon, I understand that you're upset because you feel left out, but I don't know why we're even talking about this. Just apologize to them. Fine. That's what it takes to go on their dumb trip. Maybe you could try apologizing because you actually feel bad. It's called empathy. It's something you could work on. I have empathy. Now, watch. Leonard made me soup, and I was mean to him. <laughs> Great. Now try it as if this isn't your first day as a person. So there we have Sheldon. Leonard was mean to me or took care of me and I was mean to him and Amy saying, great. Now say it as if it's not your first day being a person. I know you're probably thinking, yeah, we know we just heard it. Love, 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 as you know, love the show. So let's, let's talk now about why I shared that particular video clip with you. Trying to get all of my windows arranged here now so I can see you. So one of the hallmarks or one of the, the tips to build effective communication uh, as part of your emotional maturity, uh, this is number four in our list. Practice empathy. Try to relate to the feelings of others. Again, this being the hallmark, part of us and the way that we communicate with other people is really trying to understand where they come from. Like, really understanding like one of the things she said before she said now try it like it's not your first day is she said why don't you say it because you really mean it now if you go on in the scene he does sort of figure out oh gosh I was mean to him and I am sorry and then he goes on this whole apology tour but I definitely wanted to include that one in effective communication a lot of the other ones you know, I think that you probably know we've all heard about practicing active listening, um, all of those things. But the ones that I, and they're all important, 
and they're all on the tip sheet. But the two that I wanted to point out that you might not think about because it doesn't feel necessarily like communication is practicing empathy. And then the other thing I wanted to say is feedback is key. And every time you've heard me talk about feedback, feedback, I've probably been like, feedback, <laughs> you know, just because it was negative feedback that put me in the mental hospital. But what we mean here, as far as effective communication is when you are engaging in a conversation with one another, give feedback in an effective manner, like maybe tell the person that the communication style that they are using in the moment is difficult for you to hear, right? That's a, that's a constructive way to have a conversation with someone or asking for feedback means, you know, are you able to hear what I'm saying or does this make sense? Because communication is a two-way street. And I think those are two, two of the things. I'm actually going to throw a third one in there too. I think those are two are really important. And just like I highlighted highlighted, and or bolded and italicized the word skilled, I said effective communicators are skilled listeners, which means it's something we can learn. Number 10 on this list is practice makes perfect. So if communication is something that's difficult for you, engage in purposeful conversations, trying to learn these skills, maybe engage in them with a trusted friend, someone that you can ask Okay, this is something I want to build on. Can you help me? Or join a group, you know, do a public speaking class. I'm, I teach public speaking classes. Join Toastmasters. If it's important to you, then it's something that you will engage in and, and try to move forward. So number seven, effective communication. Let's move on to number eight. Number eight, it just builds so well with this, is conflict resolution. So let me read it pull up the video, and then talk about a few of the tips. Conflict resolution involves the ability, okay, it's something we can learn too, to navigate disagreements or disputes constructively, aiming for a solution that, if not completely satisfactory to all parties, is acceptable and fair. It requires a calm and open approach, focusing on the issue rather than personal attacks. You know, your mind might be creating personal attacks when it comes to someone that could be physical, emotional, verbal, but what comes out of you should focus on the issues. Key components include active listening to understand everybody's perspectives, identifying common ground, there is always common ground, and collaboratively working towards a resolution that respects everyone's needs. It also means knowing when to compromise and how to express oneself using I statements, okay? I statements to avoid blame. This skill is crucial for maintaining healthy personal and professional relationships and creating a positive, productive environment. So let's go over to our Big Bang Theory clip. So this clip involves Penny and the guys. So it's Penny. I think there's Leonard, Sheldon, Raj, Howard. I think all of them are in there. So Sheldon has lost some of his virtual items on some kind of online game. And then they have, I think, a flat tire. So Penny winds up going to pick them up. And she asks, did you get all your stuff back? Which is about what you're going to see. So decide, you know, so our last clip, we saw Sheldon not being 
so much of an effective communicator. And in this case, we're going to see Penny not being so much of a great conflict resolutioner. All right. So this one, again, if you're driving or just listening, you should be able to hear just fine. And if you are watching, you will see it. Here we go. How does Penny handle this? So did you at least get Sheldon's fake stuff back? No, we failed in our noble quest. How come? Todd Zarnecki was mean. All right, hang on. What are you doing? I'm gonna show you how we finish a quest in Nebraska. Ooh, Beyonce. Beyonce. Now what? Give my friend his stuff back. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, then good news. Today's the day a girl's finally going to touch you in your little special place. Now give him his stuff back. Okay. We did it! Sorry about the, uh, the reference to touching him in his little special place, but it still makes a point. All right. So I know some of you are thinking, well, that was a great way to get his stuff back. She got his stuff back, of course. And it's, it's a comedy, but when you look at the ways, the best ways to handle conflict resolution, this is probably not the best way to do it. So I am going to talk on this one. Um, Number one and two are both very important, and we could see that Penny didn't do that well. And just to make sure that if you um, were listening and not watching, so Penny goes up to the door, knocks, Todd Zarnecki, who has stolen Sheldon's stuff virtually on a game, she, you know, she tells him she wants her, his stuff back and that uh, he says, what stuff? And she says, oh, you know, going to touch you in your special part. She kicks him in a bad place and he says he's going to give his stuff back. So let's look at ways to build conflict resolution. Number one is to stay calm and open. Okay. Need I say more? <laughs> now, I know she was defending her friends and again, it was funny and all that stuff. But if you, it's a good way to make a point that being calm and open is a great way to start with conflict. Penny didn't do that so well. I love Penny, by the way. I love all of them. Number two, focus on the issue, not the person. So she looks at this Todd Zarnecki who apparently lives with his mom. He's a big, tall, kind of heavy boy looking man, maybe. And I'm guessing she makes some assumptions that he's not necessarily super successful with the girls. And so she set, she makes this personal attack on him. Um, so we don't want to do that. Obviously, we want to focus on the issue and not the person. And then number five, I wanted to just make a quick mention of using I statements. I think sometimes when we hear communication tools, when it comes to especially managing conflict, there's the joke of, well, um, how does that make you feel? Or I feel, and people kind of make fun of it as if it doesn't really work. But it really does work. So I'm not saying change who you are. Like take phrases. Everybody who's seen me before knows that I love power phrases. The book Power Phrases, I will put a link in the show notes. I probably have put a million links in the show notes, but it changed my world. And But every phrase that she uses in there won't be the exact phrase that I use because it's not my style, but it is a groundwork. Or a, or a framework 
for us being able to use assertive, confident language, but not attack the person. So if I, if someone is being like, I've told this story before, I'm not even going to tell the whole story, but I was once um, attacked verbally in a seminar room with another trainer. And she said, I think you look totally unprofessional in front of a whole room. And so I paused. I did try to remain calm and open. In the moment, I didn't have time to like ask her. We were in front of 100 people. So I said, I do want to hear what you have to say, but not the pot shots. So the I language really does work. It really, really does because it takes the person. If I said, well, you are being disrespectful, it just immediately takes it to a different level. And some people think that by not attacking the other person that that you might appear as weak. And that is not true. Okay. Strength is when you are calm and open and use eye language and focus on the situation and not the person. And there's a lot more tips in there for you to watch. So number seven was effective communication. Number eight is conflict resolution. Number nine, realistic optimism. Let's read about this one. Realistic optimism is the ability to maintain a positive outlook on life while remaining grounded in reality. So it's not that whole, you know, rose colored grass glasses kind of thing. Realistic optimists expect the best possible outcome, but are also aware of and prepared for potential op obstacles. They approach life's challenges with confidence and resilience, viewing setbacks as opportunities for growth and learning. This balanced perspective enables them to set goals, stay motivated, and persist in the face of adversity. Realistic optimism contributes to your emotional maturity by helping you with more fulfilling relationships and greater success. You know, part of what factors into this realistic optimism for me is my faith, um, which you've heard me talk about before. And so if I profess to have this faith, um, mine is following Jesus biblically. So what that means is I have faith. I have a friend who's, who's someone in her family is battling cancer. Um, actually, there's several of those instances. So I have that realistic faith, that belief, knowing it may not turn out the way that, that I hope it will, but maintaining that sense of hope, because why would I want to live in despair and negativity when I could live in hope and optimism? Um, when we don't have that sense of optimism, it can be difficult for us. It can be difficult for those around us. So for this one, I am going to play a clip. So that, sorry, this clip, Big Bang comes after the apparent lack of optimism. So we have Sheldon and Leonard and Penny wanting to go out to eat somewhere, go do something. And they come across Bernadette and Amy in a restaurant when Bernadette and Amy had said they were going to be someplace else. So I'm going to share this. You don't need to know. I don't think everything about what's going up. Sheldon has had to change his field of work and Penny is doing a movie that she doesn't really love. I think that'll give you enough. Here we go. So we're just randomly choosing a restaurant without researching it online. Yep. Great. 
Yeah, this is how anything can happen Thursday turns into it won't stop coming out Friday. Hey, how about that Asian fusion place? Fusion and Asians? I'm trying not to think about science. What the hell? She's been working late. And Amy doesn't look sick. Why would they lie to us? It's a good question. Amy and Bernadette. Amy and Bernadette. Amy and Bernadette. Why did you lie to us? You're not working late. Why did you lie to me? And Amy, you told me you were sick, but you look just as pale and tired as always. I'm sorry. I just needed a break from hearing you obsess about what to do after string theory. We kind of just wanted one night where we didn't have to hear about how miserable you are making this movie. Okay, so apparently what has happened up to this point is apparently Sheldon has been less than optimistic about his new field of study and Penny has been less than optimistic about her movie. And, you know, we want to be realistically optimistic and when we're not, it can be really hard for people to be around us. So, and you can watch more too. Her movie was called um serial apist where she has to play a monkey a person that turns into a monkey so the things i wanted to point out for this realistic optimism on our list are well number five and six kind of relate to this surround yourself with positivity is number five and number six is limit exposure to negativity which is really what bernadette and amy are doing now again it's a show it's funny all that stuff but to really build your optimism, do try to spend more time. See, all of these are like skill building. These are choices. These are ways for you to go for you to grow. So try to spend more time around people who are positive. Try to limit your time around people who are being particularly negative. And then the other thing I wanted to to talk about was number seven, focus on solutions. This is a growth thing. This is a practice thing, meaning focus as much as you can on what I can do. So in the movie, um, maybe she could focus on, okay, so I'm going to let it go when I come home. I'm going to take care of myself and spend time with my friends, or I'm going to do the best job that I can with this movie, which she actually does when you see it later. And again, with Sheldon, he really struggles. You think of people who struggle with all the things we've talked about so far, self-awareness and empathy and all those things. That can be tough. But we're going to end in just a minute with the final closing episode of Big Bang Theory and see the growth that this character goes through. So building realistic optimism, number nine. And finally, number 10 is healthy relationships. Is it, is that, I think that's the coolest thing is that we started out with self-awareness and we ended with healthy relationships. So let's talk about what that means. Healthy relationships are characterized by mutual respect, trust, support, and effective communication. They involve us maintaining our individual identities while fostering strong connections with each other through shared experiences, emotional intimacy. And by the way, that takes time. It's We have a, a group of friends that we have been building a relationship with for a few years, and it's getting to the point now where we have history, right? We feel like we can open more to each other because we've known each other for a while, and 
building those connections. Healthy relationships require effort from all parties involved to establish and respect boundaries, express needs and feelings openly, and show appreciation and gratitude. They thrive on the ability to manage conflicts constructively to support each other's growth and well-being. This is essential for emotional support and just overall life satisfaction. So I'm actually going to do this one a little bit backwards. I'm going to just talk about a couple of these on our list, and then I'm going to close this out with this video because I think it's a great place from thinking about start to finish. I'm going to just mention a few here. Number three is showing appreciation. It's easy sometimes. Like These relationships could be friendships. They could be um, actually parent-child, which is a little bit different. It could be romantic. I think the picture that's in the show notes, which all of those were created with AI, and I think it chose the romantic route. But we forget to just say thank you, to show appreciation for everything that people do in our lives. And if you don't have relationships in your life that feel like they're at a place where you should say thank you, like you can't say anything, you can't think of anything to say thank you for, then either look at how that relationship is it healthy. Do you want to change it? Or maybe get some new relationships. I'm going to say number six, spend quality time together. If the relationship is important, make sure you make time for that. And then number eight is important. Keep your own identity so that you can grow and you can learn. Again, that's just a few out of 10. So here's what I'm going to end with on this. Big Bang Theory ended. Let me let this ad go. When you build your online store with GoDaddy, it's easy to sell everywhere your customers shop. List and sync products on your website. I have a... So I'm going to end this with the final episode of the Big Bang Theory, which was last year, the year before. So Sheldon, our genius, who we've grown with, if you haven't watched it for 12 years, um, we've we've watched him uh, get, and I think I showed this episode, try to get an emotions, uh, well, he did get a, a beta test thing of an emotions machine that would help him read emotions. He has episodes where he's talked to Penny about wishing he could read emotions like she could. We've watched him hurt people's feelings. We've watched him try to grow. And in the end, he wins a Nobel Prize. And the backstory to this is that all of his, they all go to Sweden, um, all of his friends, his wife now, um, Amy Farrah Fowler, and he just treats everyone horribly. So he's planned this one hour long self-serving speech. And we're, we're here to the place where he actually gives his speech. Thank you, Dr. Fowler. I have a very long and somewhat self-centered speech here, but I'd like to set it aside. Yeah. Because this honor doesn't just belong to me. I wouldn't be up here if it weren't for some very important people in my life 
beginning with my mother, father, Meemaw, brother and sister, and my other family, who I'm so happy to have here with us. Is that Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I was under a misapprehension that my accomplishments were mine alone. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have been encouraged, sustained, inspired, and tolerated not only by my wife, but by the greatest group of friends anyone ever had. So, life is not just about doing things on our own, becoming more self-aware for no reason, learning skills just to use it for our own selves. It's about learning emotional, to be emotionally mature through these 10 hallmarks that we've talked about because it makes us feel more joy, feel more peace, feel less worry and anxiety and fear and anger, all of which are emotions we're going to have. But when we get closer to, we may never, I don't know that there's ever a complete achievement, but as we reach to achieve emotional maturity, maturity, we feel more of the good ones and less of the bad ones. But it's not just about us, it's about the relationships we have as well with our significant other, with our children, with our parents, with our friends, with our colleagues, our employers, the, or, our employees, just everyone in life. And that's why I love to end on that with Sheldon, because he said, I was under the impression that I did it on my own, but that couldn't be further from the truth. And he gives credit to his parents and his siblings and his friends and his wife, and just thought it was a beautiful, beautiful way for us to end our time together on emotional maturity. I hope you have learned something from our time together. Um, I thank you so much for being with me every single week, for sharing, for downloading, for inviting other people. So please continue to do that. All of the links and information, as always, are in the show notes. If you're a woman, please follow me on my private women's page, A Place for Women, link in the show notes. And I would love for all of you to follow me on my, um, mainly my professional Facebook pages where I interact, my YouTube channel, um, so that you can watch these episodes as well as listen. I hope if you are someone interested in AI, you will join the Lunch and Learn. I'll put the link there. I'm doing that with my son. If you're an educator or you work in a school building at all, and you would like to learn more about mental um, wellness in the school buildings, I am doing some things with that as well with Michelle Kixmiller. So lots of things coming up. Thank you for being with me. And until we're together next time, consider yourself a 